All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rolling through a Monday afternoon. Welcome back to The Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube. As always, presented by our title sponsor, Play Alberta. Dot C A where you can uh, get in the game and uh, always you know you can go, always go uh, a little bit deeper into the game if you wish the uh, odds boost tonight uh, you can have the Bengals and the Eagles both to win the uh, the first half together a little odds boost so they have unique little wagers check them out just click on the uh, the odd boost button right at the top it's pretty fun so I like it and it's always a small amount so you can kind of stay within yourself not go crazy it's good. Let's get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Hockey Super League, a premier hockey solution with a clear path for long-term development, offering borderless hockey, including provincial and cross-province competition. Go to hockeysuperleague.ca for more information. As we welcome to the show, eighth overall pick in 1995 NHL Entry draft. He's a two-time author. He is also a world champion in seniors ball hockey and the star, one of the stars in the TV show Shorzy, which will have season two this week. Terry Ryan joins us. TR, how you doing? I'm doing all right. That was master's ball hockey, by the way. Seniors sounds like 65 and over, but... Uh... <laughs> The minute I said it, I was like, "Yeah, I don't think that's right." Uh, but I also, yeah, but I know exactly what you were saying. Yeah. And there's a real, 
a parallel between the words, but uh, Masters is over 34. Okay. And I do have a couple of, uh, you know, not a big deal, but I got a couple of regular ones, too, in the men's open division way back when, 2003 and 2007. Ooh. Now, I see you're, you're sporting the shades today. Is this is this like a young Bob McCowan? What's happening? I like it. I might have to, get, you I know might have to go bring I, my I shades. Often, I, I, I like that you gave I, – I take it for granted. I forgot – that you asked because people often confuse it for someone being pretentious or trying to be a hero. But I had a concussion when I played 19. It was real bad. It's actually on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Terry Ryan gets hit, and I think it's Byron Brisky and Damon Lankow come to the rescue. Something like that. Something like that. But I got, yeah, it, it, and it's really the only knock on wood here. I had bad symptoms for a year. I mean, it's largely why 96, 97, I, when I was in Montreal, I only played those four games. I mean, that was always an outlier. I remember when I fought Domi one of those times after the concussion, I couldn't even see the other side of the ice. I mean, I got away pretty pretty good. could come to think of what could have happened. But for some reason, the the light sometimes, especially when I'm on my computer a lot, yeah, I get like this, and it, and it creates a headache. Okay, I dude. distinctly remember happening after that. Oh. Now. A lot of people have a lot worse, you know, again, knock on wood, because I don't want to complain. A lot of people that have head trauma, you know, it gets a lot deeper. But for me, these light, like it, these kind of headaches come frequently when I'm in a bright okay. place or somewhere that uses those lights like Walmart or whatever or on a computer. Now, this is my tint. I would like, like if I could, I'd have contacts with just this level of shade, but you can't get them. Oh, well, see, I just thought it was because you're a big star and this is a mm. season two, week two or the, you know, the opening week. So you're just like, hey, kind of a big deal. Obviously, I'm joking, but uh, excited. <laughs> a lot for of the, people think. Yeah. The, trust the, me. The big watch party. Uh, what Are you guys having a big watch party? What's going on? It's Wednesday, is it not? Yeah. Well, no, it's Friday, I believe. Friday. OK. okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I just got friends and family coming over. We're going to check it out on my big screen. We're all looking forward to it. Again, like I said before, like I'm looking forward to it as much as everybody else. We shoot it out of order. You know, I read through the script once to okay. make like start to finish to make sure that I knew what was coming. Now once once I have an idea, I make notes, break it down, see what I've got to know, how to how to be the best I can be in those scenes. But then I don't read it all again. I don't wanna know. I wanna forget because I wanna be able to see it. Like I said, I know kind of what happens, but there's you know way more scenes than we're involved in, and uh, it's much more linear. Obviously, it is linear on TV, but when you're doing it, you're you know you're shooting it all over the place. So I like to save a lot of my knowledge about everything we did. I don't even break out the pictures or anything. I'm just glancing again this week to refresh my memory because uh, it's going to be fairly new to me as well. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I like it. So uh, that's coming up on uh, Friday. We have a, a preseason action is on. Now, TR, I don't know if you saw, and I know it's a preseason game, and so it's much easier. I've seen dress rooms after a loss in the regular season in the NHL, and my goodness, it's like the you know somebody's everybody just got dumped. They're very upset. There's very few re- regular season win or losses that that people uh, are able to move on from quickly. You you know you're on the flight home sometimes. There's no movies allowed. Like I think it sometimes goes over the top to be honest, because you can't change the result. So sitting in silence for six hours isn't going to make you feel better. But the Vancouver Canucks. Getting spanked ten nothing. Now I know there's not a lot of regulars, but there's still some. Like that's that's pretty hard to do in a preseason game. Yeah, I know a lot. There's a lot of layers to that. Yeah. Um. And first of all, I do. Before I forget, I agree with you sometimes because everybody takes it differently. I'm one of those guys. The shower's over. Okay. Like, I at some point, 
it came to me like because I used to get real upset and like buy into that like no one speak and get everybody act depressed. But I'm like I, I don't have a time machine. The one thing like I cannot go back there. So how is my brain? And I, I don't. I'm not referring to a brain injury. I'm saying how do I move ahead as a person? How how do I absorb this and move on? And it's usually you know take you 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 try to suck out of that all the negativity that exists put it in a box now what did i do wrong how can i get better right and some people are quicker to move to that process than others so i don't think everybody should sit there in a negative blanket for however long the flight is i just don't until technically then the next day you're like okay now i can be kind of somber but like i can joke a little bit the next day i can come in and be grooving you know it just doesn't make any sense but anyway uh what did i think of that i think the flames really it's ten to nothing, both ends. You can't take too much from the D side of it, or or the ten goals. But I mean, they really do need Huberdeau, right, to step up. I mean, if there's one thing I noticed, I mean, the guy had the biggest drop off ever, and he looked like flying pretty high. He looked pretty confident, and those games are pretty tough for veterans because they mean nothing. Even in junior, I used to hate like having a great preseason and be like, man, I was setting up for go fuck. <laughs> Or go scoreless for the yeah. first five games, or but you know, on the other side of it, I'm not even sure. I stopped watching. There was some Canucks that I didn't um, recognize, but I mean, what were the veteran situations? And I think I, I just don't think it means much. Ten to nothing is is a little bit alarming, though. You know, I mean, at some point it becomes alarming. I think maybe after six or seven goals, but you know, I'd, I'd have to break it down. I just chalk it up to preseason. Yeah. Also, I shouldn't clarify. I asked people before the break. Uh, so I re-listened to uh, Tater's uh, two-minute warning, and the bird sounds were because he said certain journalism is best suited at the bottom of the bird cage, which is actually quite funny. So, and it went right over my head. So, that's what the bird sounds were. And thanks to all the texters who text in. So uh, Connor and I were re-listening to it during the break, and that's what it was. So, so it was actually genius. I like it, Cam. Genius. So good that I even missed it the first time. Which is nice. Now, um, TR, it is, uh, it's funny how you say, man, you didn't want to have too good of a preseason. But if you're a young player in the NHL, you got to get noticed, right? And, and so for some guys, a good preseason might be the difference of them being on the, on the roster or not, right? Like I look at a guy like Raphael Lavoie tonight, and uh, he's going to play his first preseason game for the Orders. He's on their, quote, first line, so he's going to get lots of opportunity. Uh, you know, I know he's playing with Adam Ernie, who is an NHL player, and Brad Malone, who's, who's kind of a tweener and is more probably an AHLer. But Raphael Lavoie, I don't care who you're playing with, he's going to have to stand out. Like, like he's got to get noticed tonight. And, and, I'm, and it's different where you can't fight guys, and that's not his game anyway. But, my goodness, you might get five preseason games if you're lucky. Probably four if you're Raphael Lavoie. And tonight might be the one time he's going to get on the first unit power play. Terry, like, how does he avoid putting too much pressure on himself going into a game like tonight, knowing what the reality is of, of his opportunity to make this team? Yeah, that's, that's, by the way, that is a good point. If you're a rookie, of course, I mean, you know, because you, you want to have the best preseason you possibly can. And super rookie being like totally, you know, being, being fairly raw. I mean, he hasn't been a pro long. Um, I, like I said, I just, at some point, it's 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 a very nerve wracking process, right? But at, at at some point, it's almost such a unique situation for a human being to find themselves in that for me, I just like I, it was it was almost comical. I'd say like, okay, like this is the way I can, I can try as hard as I possibly can, and that's obviously number one. That's plan A. I'm gonna go do that now. I could take an errant penalty by accident. I could 
miss a penalty. I, I, there's so many things that could go wrong, but if I concentrate on all this, there's so many things that can go right. And I've been in bad situations, but I've been in good ones. I might have a decent game, but just be standing in front of a net, and I get three rebounds, three goal, and I get three goals, and the rest changes my whole history. So rather than think of all the trajectories that possibly exist out there, I just put my head down, try my hardest, and definitely, definitely in the room, get on the veteran's good side, however that might be. I, I, I don't know his relationship, but me, I know the first like game I played, I didn't talk to many people, and then the second game, I just tried to open up a little bit, and it was like, <sighs> now I know he's been in longer than me being 18, but it always helps to me to go in, I don't know who's playing, I think Kulak, it doesn't have to be a big-time star in the NHL, someone that even, yeah, e even a guy who's just been there and, and has had three or four training camps, I'd make sure to be like close to them and maybe take some advice from that. Now that makes sense. You know, it's like you don't, if you're a naturally talkative person and then suddenly you come into an NHL room before a game and you're not talkative, well, now you're not being yourself and, and you probably automatically aren't going to feel, uh, or you might feel a little bit out of sorts. So, you know, that makes sense now. And even maybe if you're a quiet guy, you're just like, Hey, I'm better off being quiet, but you know, sometimes I'm sure Terry talking about anything other than the game might be good because no one can focus for hours leading up to a game, right? You'll go, you'll mentally wear down if that's what you do. So, you know, I think if, if and the funny thing is Lavoie's on the right side and then you have Adam Ernie on the left. He's on a PTO. He's been in the NHL for the last, what, five, six years, but he's on a PTO, right? Like he's probably thinking, man, I, I got to do something too here. So I, I wonder like they're competing, albeit for kind of the same job in essence, but they have to work together tonight. It's a very unique thing sometimes in training camp. I find, yeah, that's one of the beautiful things about sports. And in hockey, the magnifying glass is even more because um, I just find the nature of it, the physical elements, the finesse, uh, the, the way the contracts and, and the ages go. Like there's just often you're always in there with one of your buddies. I mean, Aaron Asham is one of my best buddies in the world, hockey or not hockey. And ideally, we play together. That was the plan. In my second year in the A, we played together on a line. But, like, if there's one spot, me and Ash are very similar, right? So we knew that the whole time. It probably brought us closer because you can see the world from the same lens, you know, okay. that most people can't. So, and, and I think when it comes to – you could either look at it like that or you could look at it like this is my enemy. And, and, and I guess from my experience in hockey, you usually err on the side of positivity. And if you – you know, like I said, if you work hard enough and you keep that frame of mind – the, the opportunity will come up sometime. It probably won't even be with the team you're with. Might, but it might not. And uh, I, I, I just, to me, the, my experience in hockey, and it seems to be the same. Uh, stay positive, it, it, and you know, work as a team. Teamwork usually wins out, right? But I know what you're saying. It's a very odd position. That's one of the most intriguing parts about training camp. You know, I, I think. What did you make of the NHL going to Australia? They almost didn't play the game because, like, I, uh, Frank Saravalli was telling me they had to ship over, like, boards and everything to Australia going back as far as May. Like, this is not something that's just a spur of the moment. Now, they got paid a lot of money by the promoter over in Australia to come. So the players go all the way over there. 
Uh, the game was almost canceled because the ice wasn't great. Like the Coyotes, one of their practices had to be shut down because there was like puddles of water all over the ice. Now the NHLPA has to sign off on this, Terry, for sure, because a you know they get some money and it goes into HRR, so it might help with the the future. But like I understand where you go to this Finland and Sweden and these places, Germany, right? Where but and I know that Australia many moons ago actually had a decent hockey program. They don't anymore. But like, is Australia like have they jumped the shark here? Is this too far? Do now this is what I, how is the program? I know that years ago they did start a pro league. I know a few guys played in it. Now I've just assumed it's on the go because, to be honest with you, like from Shorzy and my podcast, I like definitely Australia is overrepresented. I would never think that I had that many people following from Australia. Okay, uh, so I, I I don't know if it's and I have no contact to, to Australia, so I'm guessing my podcast slash Shorzy is an extension of the overall level of popularity which seems it's definitely more than i thought so where is that at i i, I think if, if i knew solidly i could ask in your ask your question more because i think globe growing the game globally it isn't essential but i really think it helps the brand obviously but places like australia that it's completely a non-factor for most of sports history but I'm really curious, like, how are their numbers? Do they? I know they have minor hockey. Is it improving or is it going backwards? And did the people who set it up, did they do it because of to wide the rave, ride the wave that's already existed? Or are they saying, you know, we used to have hockey and now we don't? Like, maybe maybe we can bring some interest back. Because it seemed to me, I had a buddy there, uh, uh, I had a friend, uh, Deanne Sandwith, uh, former Oiler Taran Sandwith's sister. Yeah. And she was sending me some pictures from, and, and, you know, I had a bird's eye view because she, you know, I was on the inside. She was taking all kinds of videos and sending them to me. And it seemed to me that, like, there was a lot of people wearing jerseys from the, like, for everything from Crosby to McDavid do. But if you're wearing jerseys, I'm guessing you're somewhat of a fan already. So that was number one that I was kind of surprised at. Now, the rest of it, I'm not really sure. I guess we'll wait to hear. But it was sold out, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was sold out, and you know the hey, they got paid big, and I, I, I understand growing the game, and so I, I guess it's not a bad thing. It's just it's like a long ways to go for you know one one game, and I think uh, if the yeah, sorry sorry sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jason. Oh no problem, buddy. What I was going to say. Is that I, I think if they kept doing it, but like for me to be, you want me to be totally honest with you that if I'm a player, yes, there's jet lag and everything, and it would probably, with, without thinking about it, create some causes for concern. But how many people get to go to Australia? I've always wanted to go there. It's so far yeah. that I won't. Unless someone takes me by the hand and I have an event, I'm not going to probably get there. So I, I'm thinking, I don't know, I can't speak for everybody, but at least a small but sizable portion of players are going, hey, this is pretty cool, man. Yeah. I get to go to Australia, right? Yeah, no, you're probably have that right. that story the rest of their lives. Anyway, sorry, I did cut no, you no, off. No, no, that makes sense. And, and hey, Boston, Boston went to China, and I think they were the President's Trophy winners, so... Um. You know what? Uh, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe some teams think it helps. They bond earlier and stuff. So we'll see uh, how it goes. But uh, hey, they're uh, they're growing. The, they're trying to grow the game in Australia. Uh, when we come back, they don't need to grow the game in Toronto. Although we could make a strong argument that there should be a second NHL team in Toronto. If there was ever expansion, second NHL team in the Toronto area makes the most sense. We've talked about a lot of the Canadian teams. We will do our round the NHL preview today on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews following in the footsteps of Connor McDavid going to be used more on the penalty kill. 
We'll get to that and more with David Alter on The Gregor Show with Terry Ryan, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We roll through Monday afternoon. It is game day. The orders are in Winnipeg to take on the Jets tonight. Kulak, CC, Holloway, DeHarnay, probably the uh, you know the main guys as far as uh, going to be regulars in the orders lineup. Then there's a few other guys that are battling for positions. Lavoie, Ernie will go tonight. Uh, Malone. Some young guys maybe you want to see tonight. Uh, that will be in the uh, lineup. You can check out as, of course, the uh, the orders will have a fairly uh, young lineup. Uh, Warner on the back end, uh, Hoffenmeyer. You'll get to see him as well as uh, Stonehouse and Borgo, uh, Petroff and Tulio. Also, Berglund will uh, get in tonight for Edmonton against the Jets. Jets top line will be there. Shifley, Connor uh, in the lineup tonight as well as uh, Velarde. They got Morrissey on the back end. Pionk is playing Stanley, Samberg. And then uh, Kapari and Nemestikov are in. And then uh, some younger guys, a few AHL guys as well. So uh, Lauren Brassois will get the starting goal for Winnipeg. Uh, Bo Akey was uh, sent back to junior today after, you know what? He did a really good job in his first uh, NHL training camp. Uh, and Penticton, he stood out. And I thought in his first game last night, he stood out. But we all know he's going back to junior. He's 18-year-old defenseman. And uh, get him back down there and uh, let him get focused on uh, what he's doing right now, which uh, to me makes uh, a lot of sense. Now, let's go around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's, where, hey, right now, hash browns, egg McMuffin, and a coffee for only $5. Right now at McDonald's and uh, David Alter from Sports Illustrated, Maple Leafs reporter, joins Jason Greger and uh, Terry Ryan. And, uh, David, it's, you know, preseason started yesterday for Toronto. Uh, they're in Ottawa. They got their second game tonight, uh, against the same Senators and kind of similar. You know, Toronto will have their big guys, Marner and Matthews going tonight. Uh, Ottawa won't have as, as deep of a, a lineup. I guess the main question I have for Toronto is we know that Muzzin and Murray are going to start on LTIR, but even then, I don't know if that's enough. What, how else are they going to get under the cap and are they going to start the season with a 21 man roster? Yeah, it's a million-dollar question or maybe a couple of million-dollar question because that's a, about how much they are over the cap in terms of if, if they actually wanted to put a full lineup out there. Okay. Uh, 20 to 21 players looks like it could be the way if things happened the way they they start right now. But there are seven more preseason games to play and so many different injuries can happen between now and then. And that's the beauty of the salary cap, or maybe not beauty of it, depending on how you look at it, is that they don't have to be cap compliant until a day before the season starts. And so a couple of years ago, they had that happen with Ilya McKeev, where he had a major injury. They didn't have cap issues for the rest of the year. Um, now there is about $195,000 in addition to Murray and Muzzin that they could save with Bobby McMahon on season opening injured reserve. He's the Alberta native who, uh, uh, got a little cup of a, co- a cup of coffee with the Maple Leafs last season. Got hurt with them, and so his prorated cap hit can be added to that pool if McMahon isn't fully recovered from his knee injury. So every dollar is being calculated, and every permutation is being looked at. But you may not even see the Leafs cut down players until very late because if an injury happens here, it's better for them uh, cap wise than if an injury happens in the Marlies case. So. Um, they'll get there somehow, uh, or they'll just start with 20 to 21 players like they were ready to do and they actually did do 
for the first four games of last season before Muzzin was placed on LTI and then the cap wasn't initially. Now, looking at their team, um, the three-center option, Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander, how long do you think it lasts, and is it going to depend on what type of production they get from the wingers? I don't know if the production from the wingers is so much important as it is William Nylander bringing more to that line from a scoring attempts for as opposed to scoring attempts against in that position. I think that's really what they're looking for. They're expecting mistakes to happen. They know that this is an experimental period, but they want to see how he can handle it, how he can adjust, and if he can correct mistakes by being F3 instead of uh, being F... Or sorry, by being F1 instead of being F2 or F3 like he's normally used to being. So I think it's it's really just going to depend on that. And look, if it... If it doesn't work out, they have other guys who played both of those positions and are a little bit more experienced in that, especially his his line mate in Ty. Uh, sorry, Ty. I knew that was going to happen at least once. <laughs> in uh, Max Domi, yeah. that can kind of flip back and forth. But, I mean, with William Nylander, you know, he is in his contract year, uh, and they're big fans of him, and they've always pushed him to do more. And I think that this could be the beginning of if it works out and there's a role for him, can he develop into being a center option when they kind of have to figure out other decisions down the road, like a John Tavares and, and some of that other stuff. So there's that. And they are just loaded with wingers at this camp that it kind of made sense because David camp is perfectly situated in that four C spot. It's what he played last year. They just don't have the center depth like they did late last season that it, it's worthwhile to at least try and see if they've got something there. Really. David, Jason Robertson, uh, Robertson, sorry. So he seems to get lost in the shuffle a bit for a guy that's had stints and a lot of positive energy surrounding him the last couple of years, and he has improved, but he's been injured, and uh, the success of Matthew Nyes and others has kind of taken Sean the light off him a little bit. How does, what are his chances, and how does he look so far? Yeah, so Robertson has about as equal a chance as he's had last season. And um, last season, he had a really good camp. Like, all things equal, he would have been on the team. He deserved to make the team. And it really just came down to the cap crunch and contract management where they could send them down without penalty, where someone like a Dennis Malgan, who had that spot, they were going to lose him on waivers or they would have had to at least put him through waivers and run that risk. And so it made sense for them to kind of start the season that way. Then Robertson finally got his chance. Then he got injured in a game against the Kings and tried to come back from it earlier and couldn't do it and was done for the season. And it's been a long road of injuries for Nick Robertson. And I think it's really just going to come down to uh, having that confidence and swagger that he belongs here. But I think with the emergence of Matthew Nyes, who also has that ability to be sent down. I just don't see a situation where Nye, given how well he played in the playoffs last year and, and how, how big he looks out there in, in that winger role that they like him for, I don't see a situation where Robertson can straight up beat Nye for a spot that other injuries are going to have to happen, I believe, for Robertson to not start the season with the Marlins. But um, if he has a really good camp and some other injuries do take place where it opens up their roster flexibility. He could certainly grab one of those 23 spots for sure. 
year, Morgan Riley quarterbacked one of the better power plays in the league. And from what I'm re- reading, they have Klingberg penciled in there. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Look, John Klingberg, there's no, there's no bones about the fact that he's one of the better offensive defensemen in the league, but what's been holding him back over the last few years is his defensive responsibility. Like he was really good with Dallas four or five seasons ago, and it seems like every year it's kind of got away from him. And so, uh, you know, starting the season with the Anaheim Ducks last season was probably not the best situation for him. And then when he finally moved to the Wild, it was kind of hard for him to kind of figure out his spots. He was a little bit better. But they're going to have to work with him from a defensive standpoint. And so if you want him to get off on the right foot, you got to play him to his strengths. And if anyone's understanding of that, it's Morgan Riley. Like there was, um, there was that year in 1920 when the Leafs acquired Tyson Berry and we're going to go all in on skill. And when Mike Babcock was in charge, he didn't put Tyson Berry, who was probably the better offensive defenseman at the time, into that PP1 spot, citing how many points Morgan Riley had, even though the Leafs got him for that particular spot. And then the Leafs struggled. And then Riley went to management and said, look, let's put him there to get his game going. So Riley is fully understanding that you've got to put people in their strengths. And that second power play unit is going to look probably better than it's ever been. With Riley, you've got Bertuzzi, you've got... um, You've got a whole bunch of players in there. Uh, Domi's going to be in that spot as well. That uh, you might see more of an even split there. But for John Klingberg, the way he dances on that that blue line to push offense going, it makes it makes perfect sense. There's a new power play coach here in Guy Boucher this year as well. So it just makes sense to kind of go with your strongest person in that position at least to start, make them feel comfortable. Sheldon Keith always talks about uh, let the players play to their strengths, and that's that's. John Klingberg's number one strength. They haven't had a player like him really since Barry before they got Barry and not really anyone like him before that. David Alter joins us from Sports Illustrated in Toronto. A little preview on the Leafs as we're around the NHL on the Jason Greger Show with Terry Ryan. Uh, Austin Matthews, uh, they're, they're going to maybe use him a little bit on the penalty kill. Uh, we saw you know Edmonton. We've seen Sidney Crosby. Lots of other teams' top guys have been on the penalty kill. I know early last season everyone's like, oh, Matthews is a great shot blocker. And I'm just like, I don't really think Austin Matthews should be blocking a lot of shots, me personally. But um, good, I guess, on him for doing it. Uh, he's talked openly about wanting to do it. Where do you see him? Is he like, you know, in, in your third group of forwards? Where he'll you know he'll get the last thirty seconds kind of like McDavid, or do you think they have him in one of their top two groups of penalty killers? Yeah, so that's a really interesting one, Jason. You know, I've been mulling this over, and then I was looking at what Sheldon Keith said in terms of his rationale for it. And you know, one of the things he pointed out was the fact that you don't want to take away one of your best five-on-five guys. Yes. Uh, when a guy comes out of the box, and so is it a transitionary spot? Does that make a lot of sense to kind of be there? Sometimes you can't get you know, that, that PK2 matchup there, because if you're on your heels the whole time, you just, you don't have the same luxury like you do your transition team going from power play to even turn. So what I think is going to happen is you're going to see Austin Matthews get PK reps and probably be the second pair. Okay. But if the Leafs, if the Leafs are in a situation where they're trailing or tied or they really need a goal, they're trailing by one or two goals, and then they do take a penalty, I don't think you're going to see Austin Matthews there because I think they're going to want to have him deployed on that first shift, five-on-five five and not chances. So he'll be in that mix, 
but he won't be like a prime guy, but he'll be like a 2B type of situation where if they're defending a lead or they're comfortably in the lead, he's definitely going to get his reps there because they're not so much concerned about the five-on-five play at that point or trying to get more offense. So I think it's really going to be situational for him where he's going to get those reps. And, um, yeah, I think you're going to primarily see it when it's tied or trailing. You may not even see it when it's tied, but definitely when they're when when, uh, when they're um, they're ahead, you can see him being out there to help the fans. Anybody you see as you know somebody who maybe will be a surprise performer for the Maple Leafs this year? So it's kind of early, just based on this stuff. Although I was a little surprised to hear how much Sheldon was really a fan of Max Ellis's play in that game against the Senators. He was really talking him up about his playmaking ability. Uh, he's a Notre Dame product that they signed to a two-year ELC. Uh, this is the second year of it. And um, it might be one of those situations where if he can continue to kind of show well, then maybe he's one of the earlier call-ups than maybe in the past where he probably isn't in that first group of four or five guys. So he's looked pretty good. It was really hard to kind of get a real gauge on it because it was just one preseason game. Uh, he's looked good in some of these skates here. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see what Pontus Holmberg does because if the Nylander experiment doesn't work, Holmberg to me makes sense as the, the next 4C guy. Hmm. And he was just really good in the times he was up here last year. But again, it's, it's the, the limitations of the contracts and stuff. I really think that he looks, he has looked the same. He looks like a veteran and he's only in his second year here. And so I think those are the two guys you really want to watch out for. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, I'm curious to see where Connor Timmins kind of factors into all this because there's been a lot of talk about uh, the Leafs D maybe needing a little bit more than what they have. And Connor Timmins was really in the developmental part where he was playing forward for much of uh, the tail end of the regular season. Yep. And so... I think they really need to kind of figure out what they have in him because they're committed to him, even though it wasn't this regime that signed them, to kind of figure out if he can be a 7 or even a 5-6 with Mark Giordano having a lot to prove this year in terms of, at age 40, still being an everyday defenseman for the Napiers. Great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Uh, David, enjoy the games tonight and the uh, preseason. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, you got it. Really great to talk to you guys. That's uh, Dave Alter from uh, Thanks, David. Sports Illustrated. It's around the NHL brought to you by McDonald's. Uh, really, I teed him up there, and he, he missed one obvious one. Now, I'm somewhat biased, but uh, mark my words right now, TR, you heard it here today, that uh, uh, Noah Gregor will get a contract in Toronto, and, uh, well, and if he gets an opportunity consistently, he will score between 13 to 18 goals. So, wow. There you go. Okay. All right. Mark it down. That can happen. September 25th. Take a quick break. We'll come back. Ryan's Rant. Up next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can get involved. You can text us. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. 345 Monday afternoon. Gregor, Connor Halley with you. Terry Ryan along every Monday and Thursday here on Sports 1440 and live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Wherever you're watching, listening, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, also, let's get now to Ryan's rant brought to you by Action Electrical. Did you know that the uh, feds released uh, the 10-year interest-free loan for up to $40,000 for home energy efficient upgrades? If you're looking for solar on upgrade, do it now and do it with actionelectrical.net. We ready to go here, Jay? We are, buddy. Okay, well, so first of all, I wrote a lot, a lot of this one out because I know that a lot of these rants are polarizing or else they wouldn't be rants. And I understand people's sensitivities, so I just wanted to make sure that I covered myself by explaining myself fully because, once again, we find ourselves involved with religion to a point. But hear me out. Here we go. Here we go. I, I'm not religious. I did grow up Catholic, and... I usually I under, understand that religious people tend to have good moral values and are generally humble. Their humility is one of the one of the people that I know anyway. They're the, the common attributes in any faith worldwide that seems to be a common denominator, and I like that. Um, I do get the commitment to God, whoever your God may be. Right? I believe in something higher. I'm just not under, sure what it is. That's my belief. But here's what always gets me, and it's athletes who thank God after a big win. And by extension, maybe maybe actors, and I'm sure there's others, but hear me out here. If an athlete or an actor wins a championship and then thanks God after praying for a win, isn't that just a little bit sanctimonious and at the very least lightly hip- hypocritical? Let's say I pray, pray, pray. Let's say last month, the world championships, and I pray for a win. And then I get one, and I thank God openly in front of the public. What am I really saying? What about the people on the other team who also play, prayed? Did God, be, did, did he go with you because you're a better person? Um, did, 
he or she, whoever your God is, favor your family name? Are you slightly less of a sinner than the highest ranking sinner on the other team? Now, I'm nobody to knock another person's God. I don't want to. Um, because I quite frankly do believe in some form of higher power. I really do. I just don't think that we understand what it, what it is. I do pray here and there, admittedly. There are big events in life where I've definitely prayed almost every hockey game I do, but usually it goes towards friends or family who've passed on, like my grandfather, Greg Bird Dog Smith, or the great Todd Klassen, who was my captain in Tri-Cities and left us all too soon from Edmonton. What a great guy he was. So don't get me wrong. I see where these athletes and actors are coming from. Their love for God and whatever that is and their religion is for the most part to be respected outside of extreme circumstances. And the whole idea of praying for a win, getting it, and then thanking that God, I find ridiculously hypocritical to the faith and comes off condescending and short-sighted to say the least. I think a better route would be to thank the people who actually helped in some tangible way, like parents, coaches, teachers, brothers, sisters, friends, or mentors. Heck, even the family dog would make a better choice than putting yourself above someone who prayed on the other side. Ooh, the text line is humming on that one. It's it's an interesting one because um, it's all. I'm always curious if are they praying for health? Are they praying for you know whatever? And so, so, wait, wait, wait. So I'm only saying when they pray for a win. Okay. And there are people. Yeah, the other stuff I can see. What got me here? You know, I, I'm I'm healthy. I'm happy. I, I've got a good family because I work for it, and God gives me the inspiration to be who I am today. Totally different. Completely different. Okay. But there are examples, and you know what I mean. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. No, I, no. I, I, needed, I needed to clarify that. I cut you off again. And by the way, rant always makes, like, that doesn't, I don't sit here and hate on that, but I find it curious, and it always kind of rubs me the wrong way. That's, that's, that's really it. I'm, I'm not, I don't, like, hate those people. I'm not freaking out. Rant kind of puts it like that, but, you know, you know what I'm saying here. It kind of annoys me a little bit. You're, you're the very fabric of what you're believing in you're kind of going against and being a hypocrite if you pray and he or she prays and you win and then you thank god yeah no that's fair we'll get to uh some of the text at uh 10 12 60 now guys uh some religious athletes pray for their best efforts in game not for win kcf yeah well that's what terry just described he's not talking about that he's talking about those who uh do it for the win. And the thing about religion here is too many people want to get offended if you don't 100% agree with them. And and I think, unfortunately, in life, in a lot of instances now, people never want to have a discussion or a conversation about how they view uh, religion or many other different topics that can be too sensitive. Some people would rather be like, unless the person agrees with me, I don't want to hear their opinion. And so I applaud you for uh, the idea of most religions. Sorry. Yes. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it is one where you can at least have the conversation. And sometimes, guess what? People can disagree. I can disagree with Terry. He can disagree with me on one topic. It doesn't mean now we hate each other about every topic. And so it is a uh, it is an interesting one. I never really thought about it um, that way. I, I know there's always well, even in the Super Bowl, there's prop bets to see who they thank first. So obviously there's some humor involved here that now they're doing it like, do they thank God or who else are they thanking? And um, I, I, I'm always curious 
Uh, and you know what? Uh, whatever you believe in is, I shouldn't say that. Whatever you believe in, as long as it's not to the detriment of others, I will respect. The minute it becomes detrimental to others, then we're probably going to have a problem. And I'm going to disagree strongly with what you're uh, we're trying to tell me. Right. It's like the those parents who are allowing their kids to uh, jump all over the pride flags the other day. Don't teach hatred. Don't teach hatred. Doesn't do anybody any good. Like, and, and they're celebrating. They're cheering on little kids. Right. Because that's how they hate is a taught thing. I just want to say that. I think hate is something that's taught. People, a lot of those people would be the people to be going to church on Sunday. Some right? of them, yeah. Now, I'm not, not all. Some, I'm, yes. Not all. Some. I just, so I just find it a. It's, it's. It, there's a lot of hypocrisy sometimes involved without thinking about it. Again, I'm not knocking any religion. I'm like, I, I'm. I guess I'm religious myself to a point. I don't really buy into the Noah's Ark thing because I'll go with science and dinosaurs. But it doesn't mean that I don't believe almost the same kind of thing that you do. There's a higher power that we're here. It, there's miracles. All of that. I just right. So I think I represent a large amount of people um my god is up there somewhere whatever it is i'm not really sure but anyway i i found it quirky more than anything and i knew that this would start some sort of you know there's going to be people getting way over emotional okay i just i'm talking about something that i find um curious to say the least that's all that's uh ryan's rant brought to you by action electrical i as a Christian, I agree with Terry. Thank God for your ability, self, etc. But a win is different, Jr. in Red Deer. Tr, I like the fact that you're willing to discuss a topic that many want to shy away from. Kudos, and for that, you have my respect, even if we won't agree on everything. That one comes in from Doug. I think that's well said, Doug. You're right. We can respect people, even if we don't agree with 100% all of their opinions every time. Some of my best friends, we don't agree with everything. Like. Imagine how boring that would be. Imagine if you sat around with your buddies and you're watching an order game and all of you are like, oh, I like that guy. Oh, I like that guy. Oh, me too. Oh, and you all like the exact players evenly. There's no chance. That'd be boring as, as, as all you know what. There's going to be, you can sit around, have beer, have water, have nachos, have whatever you want. And when you're debating over a sports game, there's going to be some people that automatically, there's people that are fans of, Certain players, some like Nurse, some like Bouchard, most like McDavid. I've really yet to find a an Oiler fan who who isn't a, who isn't a fan of McDavid. Uh, I'm sure there might be one. I just haven't met them in in passing. But I, I do find that you know there are some players that can have strong opinions either way. And if we all agreed on everything, it would be boring. So uh, it's good to discuss uh, different things. Uh, when debate, we return, debate is different than arguments, Jason. Hundred yes, percent. Yes, yes. Debate, conversation. And and I think it's become a lost art, right? There's a book, The Art of Conversation. It is a very good book. I would recommend people reading it. And I think all of us, myself included at times, we need to be reminded that guess what? We need to have discussions and conversations. And, and usually it's better to discuss sometimes things with somebody who has a different viewpoint, because then maybe both of you can learn something. If we only ever sit around and talk to the people who agree with us on everything, then that's how you get echo chambers, and that becomes uh, rather dangerous. So from whether it's sports, like think about it. If all the older fans sat together and were just like, oh, yeah, everything's great, well, that probably wouldn't be good, right? You, you need some differing opinions at times, as long as they're healthy. Now, sports is very different than when we're talking religious and, and hate-filled stuff because it's sports. At the end of the day, it's fun. That's why you guys and girls like listening to the station because it's sports and it's an escape. But uh, I do think at times sports can teach us that in the real world, 
we probably need to listen to both sides of the equation on things that are not detrimental, hurtful, or hate-filled for others. At least that's what I think. So, Coming up, Andy Petrillo will uh, join us. Lots of big news going. And uh, some interesting questions, because I am sure this will get people's discussion and debate heated up. Annie, Annie texts me some ideas she wants to talk about today, and there's one I'm like, oh, my goodness. People are going to get fired up. I love it. So uh, that's coming up after 4 o'clock. And a Connor Halley Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm, comfortable all winter at LegacyHeating.ca.